Welcome to Her House, Her Home. This is episode number two. I'm your host, Amy Wicker. Thanks so much for joining us today. Our special guest is Sandra Zuniga. Sandra is a single mom of a teenage daughter. She is a licensed realtor in Texas and has a small dispatching business. We're going to talk about what happens when a marriage ends and you find yourself trying to build a new life for yourself and your child. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you, Amy. Nice to yeah. be here. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about, you know, this this show is really designed for women who are going through many different things in their lives. And tonight we kind of wanted to talk about just that process of going through a divorce, finding yourself again, and then making that decision for yourself to go out and be a single homeowner, right? Versus renting that kind of thing. Take me back to um, to your marriage. You were married for, for how many years? 10 years. We were ten years and married for ten years. Uh, and did you did you guys own your own home? We did. Yes, we did. Yeah. Okay, we did we owned it and um, we sold the home to buy land and built on it. That never panned out because things got or became rocky. And at that point, I had to make a quick decision of what I wanted to do for the next five years of my life, which is when I decided to pursue my real estate license. Um, started taking the real estate classes. Um, that took me about two or three months. Then I um, took the state exam and I was blessed by Jesus <laughs> that I was able to pass it. And so um, slowly and surely I started doing uh, real estate and filed for divorce that same year. And uh, it was a very hard decision because obviously it's not something that you want to do but you're looking at the long-term benefits of what your life will be, will be like, and what you're, especially when you have small children, what their life is going to be like. So it was, it was a very difficult decision, but you just got to take that step forward and do your pros and cons list. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you were married and you, you kind of realized things were not going to work out. So at that point in time, the, the planning started, right? Right. I and, had known for a long time that things were not going to work out past a five-year mark. And um, I mean, I had a bachelor's degree, master's, but you know how it is. You hit a ceiling fan and you're pretty much pigeoned into a hole of how much money you're going to make. So I said, I need a couple or I need to um, supplement my income with something else, which is why I decided to do real estate. And so... I, I did that in advance before anything, you know, before things got worse, because I think all divorces are the same. I think when you go through that process, it's such an ugly and mean process between you and that person. You, the two of you become two totally different people, totally different people from the, the two people who united and were in love and so on and so forth. It just turned yeah. into an ugly monster. Yeah. Well, do you, okay. So do you feel as though real estate made it easier for you to move forward? Yes, it definitely did. I mean, it gave me the hope that I was going to be able to, uh, you know, work my own business, work my own hours, especially at the time my daughter was very young and she needed um, that one-on-one -on -one with me. And I didn't want to necessarily go out in the work working world and work three, four jobs and be out of the house. I, I always 
I always knew that I wanted to do real estate because it allowed me to work from home. And um, so that's kind of how I did it. I honestly didn't even, I thought, well, I'll go back to corporate America and I'll find a job in HR or what have you. But I decided that that's not what I wanted to do either. I just was never a fan of corporate America ever. Okay. What, um, what were some of the challenges you faced when going through your divorce, especially as it pertained to your house? Like, how did you figure out what to do with that? Well, I knew immediately. Um, so we sold a house with the intent of buying land and building. That never happened, uh, which is one of the reasons why I decided to follow through with the divorce. Um, so remember that part where I told you it gets really ugly? Well, it got really ugly in the sense that I was cut out. So I had to use whatever money I had in the bank from that to be able to, you know, support myself and my daughter. But shortly after that uh, is when I started doing real estate. And that way I, you know, I started creating something for myself. And um, shortly after that, I, uh, my daughter and I moved into uh, a, a brand new apartment down the street that was going to be conveniently close to her school. It was in the area. One of the things I didn't want to do with a young, you know, with a young child is I didn't want to uproot her and move too far from what what she felt her base home was. So I stayed in the area. I found an apartment that was really close to the house and I just worked. I worked, took her to school. Would I would I remember I would take her to school. I would go to work. I would come back, pick her up, go home, you know, do dinner, homework, whatever it was that I needed to do. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how it happened. Uh while she was young for the first five, six years. Now it's gotten a little easier, but it's still, I mean, it's still something that we do. We still have the same morning routine. I still pick her up from school. It's just now that she plays volleyball and she's in other activities, but the routine, the consistent routine hasn't changed. And I don't plan on changing it until she's done with high school, which is another. Yeah, I, and I think that's really key. I think yeah. having that consistency really does help kids get through, get through it. Mm -hmm. um, would you say, um, you know, if you were to go through it again, is there anything that you would do differently? Through the divorce or through a marriage? or Through, through, the, the, through the divorce and trying to figure out what to do, how to, you know, how to deal with the house. Obviously, you, you had to sell what you, you know, you thought you had to sell your house and the lot, right? You had right. to give up on that kind of dream um, to go to pivot to something else. Right. My advice to women is... Um, just obviously hire an attorney there. That's a hundred percent. I mean, you must, you have to do that. And, um, the attorney will work everything out for you where, you know, this is yours or this is, you know, we went through mediation and that's kind of how that happened. Um, obviously my advice also for women is always have a cushion of savings of money or something to help yourself when things like this do happen. Um, but the court system, an attorney would take care of the rest, basically. Like if there's, um, you know, child support or any type of monies that, that are due from the husband, and I'm, I'm assuming vice versa, uh, the court system would definitely take care of all that and stick to the decree. Like every other weekend, don't 
Because the minute you go outside of that decree, it becomes law in that person's mind. Even though it's not what it's written, it becomes their law. Oh, well, you did this or you did that. I, I say stick to it and that's it. And and don't deviate from it at all. Yeah. Good good advice for sure. Mm-hmm. Good advice. You mentioned there was a story that you mentioned to me when we were first talking about doing this, um, about how you were and I think it's just it's courage, really. You were down to just a little a few hundred dollars left in your account. Do you wanna Yes, talk I about, remember that. Talk about that story because it was just, you know, you had to have a lot of courage and, and bravery to be able to do what you did. Yes, I am. Um, so there was a there was a season in that period of time that I was going through. Um, I had just moved into an apartment. Um, I had, you know, closed on some deals for real estate. So I was doing I was doing these. I was making my ends meet. Um, there was one month where I had come down to $200 in my account. I'll never forget the story. And, um, I had some closings at the end of that month, but it was like 16 days from, from the end of the month, there was some bills that I had to pay. Anyway, I, you know, most of us get really stressed out and anxious and so forth. I remember it was a Friday afternoon I went home to my apartment. Thank God at the time, my, uh, a really good friend of mine was, uh, roommating with me and she was basically, I was leasing her a room in my apartment because she, her job was really close. And I remember it was a Friday afternoon. I went into the apartment, sat down with her and I, I told her, I said, I'm only worth $200 right now. I don't know how I'm going to pay the, I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm going to pay the rent. I'm not sure how I'm going to pay anything. I'm not sure about Christmas because it was uh, in October. And I told her, but you know what? I have to just, I have to, something's going to happen. Something's good's going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm not going to stress out about it. It's just, it, it is what it is. You know, I'll, I'll figure it out. And then shortly after that, I was called to, to, to work with a small company uh, dispatching trucks which was work that I had never done. But um, that was such a blessing in my life because I started doing that. And that's, that's kind of what I do now. I have run my own business and this is my bread and butter. Um, obviously there's always room for more. I want more. I want to work more and produce more and all that yeah. stuff. But yeah, that story, I'll never forget that story because my yeah. daughter was six, seven years old. And I thought, holy cow, how, how am I going to make ends meet? What am I going to do? I had choices. I could go out and drink two bottles of wine and, and, you know, dumb, numb my, my emotions out. Or I was like, oh, well, I mean, well, yeah. what can we do? We're just going to, I remember telling my friend, I'm going to figure it out. I don't know how, but I know I'm going to figure it out. I just, I don't know, how, but I'll figure it out. I'm going to be all right. Yeah, And I think that's so key. I think we can easily get so overwhelmed with things. And I think, you nailed it, right? And we've heard this time and time again through some of our mutual groups that we are members of, um, you know, that it is figure outable. Yeah, you, you right. know, you, you've got to figure things out. It may not be easy, um, but there's there's always a solution. Believe in God always first, mm-hmm. mo- foremost. He's number one and he's the only one that he knows everything about you. There's, right. you know, even before you ask, he knows all your needs and he knows your heart. 
And he knew that my heart was there. You know, I'm not a perfect person, but I do love him and believe in, and I try to do the things that are right. So um, I think that helped a lot too. Just believing. I mean, I was like, I remember thinking to myself, not even telling my friend, I know God's not going to let me down. I know he's not going to let me down. (laughs) I just knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right. So at what point did you say, Hey, you know, I'm tired of renting. I'm going to go down this home ownership path solo and I'm going to go ahead and buy, buy this house for myself and my daughter. At what point, you know, where were you in the process and what did you do to really feel comfortable in terms of, you know, launching and, and buying that house on your own? Okay. Well, it took me about, um, 2021. So it took me about five to six years to finally, um, work on credit, work on all those things that we all need to work on to be there. Um, and also save up. So I started saving money, started working on my credit, became very diligent with that. Um, and in the summer of 2021, I was working with a client. I remember now a client of mine, she could not be pre-approved to buy a, or purchase a property the traditional way. So I found a a local group that would do uh, owner financing. And I told my client at the time, listen, you won't, a lender, a bank, they're not going to pre-approve you. Let's go this route. So I went that route. We went to their classes. They explained everything to her. And I, and at that moment in time, I was like, I could, do the same thing for myself. I could do owner finance, home, I mean, seller to seller financing. Did the whole process of, of going through the class because you have to take classes and so forth. Long story short, I was like, nope, not doing it this way. I have, you know, back then the interest rates were 2%, 3%. And I was like, nope, I can't do it this way. I have to uh, wait because I was going to end up paying a great, a crazy amount, monthly amount. And I was like, well, I'm a single mom. I can't do that. You know, I can't, can't invest all my eggs in one basket. Long story short. Um, I spoke to a lender that who had pre-approved a few of my clients who I thought were never going to get pre-approved. Well, he pre-approved me and that was in June. He was like, you have the green light to start looking for a property. And I did. And it was this house, the first one that I saw. And there's a there's a really beautiful story behind that, but I don't want to take too long. You know, it was just a, and it was in that time period where you had 40 bids, 20 bids, 10 bids on a home. And I thought there's no way I'm going to get it. And the, and the thing is, or thing was my daughter was set on living in this neighborhood because of the schools, because of her friends. So she's like, I need to live there. I want to live there. And you know, you know what we've, us parents, we pretty much do whatever they say. So I was set on getting a house here. I saw the house, walked in, took me about five minutes. I'm like, this is going to work for me. Submitted a contract, called the eight listing agent, spoke to her, said, Hey, you know, I explained my situation, single mom, been living in this neighborhood three years now. I've rented it Two out of the three years, I want to buy this home. It's just my daughter and I, blah, blah. We spoke for about an hour. And the next day, she's like, they've accepted your offer. And I was Amazing. like, 
I, I kept amazing. going, I can't believe me. Um, me? Yeah. Amazing. Me? Amazing. I was so excited. So I went through the whole process and I was blessed to be able to close on the property and I moved in August of 2021. Awesome. So, That's and, and it was, I, one of the fears that I had of renting was the high cost of renting and, and, and it's just crazy now that, but also I was seeing a lot of my, because the market was so wonderful and people were selling their houses for 20, 30, 40, 50,000 over asking price. Everybody wanted to sell their property. So I had a lot of, I had a lot, a lot of uh, leases that year because a lot of people were, were asked to move. They had 30 moves because they were, you know, selling the house or what have you. And I feared that a lot. I thought, oh, that's not going to, that's not going to work for me because I have a little, I have a young daughter. I can't be, you don't want to do this that much. So I'm just happy right. to be here in my own home. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's take a minute because my hope is that, um, or I suspect there will be some questions about what, uh, what owner seller financing is. So okay. do you want to take a minute and describe that? And, and I know that you're in Texas. So do they offer these kinds of classes in Texas for, you know, for people to take, or would you recommend just if people are interested in this to go out and find a book on it? Yeah. I mean, you um, and I know what this is. is basically where the owner of the house, the owner of the property that you plan to purchase, they finance the property to you. And it's typically um, a higher interest rate because it's a risk that they're taking. And also um, the down payment might be anywhere between 20 to 30% down of whatever the sales price is. And basically they, 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 you give them 20 to 30%, whatever it is they're asking for. And they, they finance that house to you at 9%, 10%, whatever the percentage is. Uh, and then they give you uh, a, a balloon, a, you know, a, a period of time where you can balloon, where you pay it off. And by that time you should be able to get it financed through a bank. I'm just Correct. putting it in the simplest forms that I can because yeah. I know it can be rather confusing to a lot of people. There's yes. tons of books out there, um, but my best advice is talk to an agent, a realtor, talk to a title company. I'm an agent, so if anybody wants to call me, they can. Um, but yeah, no, they, uh, they're they real estate, local real estate agent or title company um, would be able to do that. It's... And it, yeah. and, not all homeowners are willing to do that, but there's there's a few out there that will. And the, and of course, there's programs too, where um, they'll there's like a, a team of lender. I'm I'm sorry, a team of investors that buy properties and they sell or finance it to these people that can't get pre-approved traditionally. Yeah, I'm just thinking, what is the best way for you know for for people out there who are listening to this to find those people? Um, you know, I assume it's going to be through a local real estate or a, a local real estate investors group. So if there if if there are people out listening to this podcast who may be interested in doing something like seller financing, I I think the best recommendation I would have would be to Google find your local real estate investors group in your area reach out, connect with them. And because you might have a lot more options, right? Right. And pretty much any um, real estate, I, I don't know if to use that lightly or not, but most real estate agents, I should say, um, are familiar with what seller financing is. 
So yeah. you can pretty much call up anybody, Keller Williams, Remax, uh, EXP Realty, all these large brokerage companies throughout the United States. You can call up anybody at any time and ask one of their agents, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, you know, they can look when you, when you, when you, when you're looking for properties for a client, you can, there's filters that you can use that are seller financing, cash only, and so on and so forth. Um, nice. You, that's nice. So they can do that's that. A good, Google is a great source. Your real estate agents are great sources because they can send you a list of houses that are exclusively being uh, financed through the seller. Great idea. Great, great idea. The other thing, and I'm, I'm in the Midwest, I'm in Michigan, actually. Um, and, you know, you hear less about seller financing and you hear more about either lease to own or land contracts. Oh, really? Yeah, which is kind of interesting to me. So with, um, with seller financing, you close on the property that that property, the title is in your name with a land contract. And this is my understanding. The land contract, you actually pay it off over time. And once that property is paid off, then you then that title gets put in your name. Really? Yeah. The lease, the, the lease to purchase option here in Texas is not. I'm sure there's a ton of people that do it, but. I've always been advised by my uh, brokers or supervisors. It's it's not really the best route to go. Obviously, if you do do it, you have to. It has to be. It should be done with the person that you highly trust, someone that you know you've known yeah. all your life. You know they're not going to walk out on you, or you yes. know, and, and, and it has to be done through title. I I would not recommend doing anything without a t- title company. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, everything has to go through title. Yeah. So, so really, I think you're right, though. The safest bet for anyone who doesn't have a background in real estate is to just check in with a realtor and make right. sure they understand your needs and maybe just, you know, educate yourself a little bit on the different strategies because there are there's not just one way to purchase a property. You don't always have to just go through that mortgage company. Right. That's and right. so there, there are a few other strategies um, that you can look at that may actually help, right? Right. Um, so, you know, you're as you said, you're working as a realtor now. Do you have any recommendations in terms of wit- what women should be looking for when they're looking to buy a home, you know, by themselves? Any uh, good well, I always, um, what I advise my clients, say they call me and, hey, I'm interested in looking for a property, what should I do first? Always first is talk to a bank. Find out, do your homework. Talk to a bank, talk to a lender. Um, get in touch with that lender. Let them know what you want. You know, they'll check your credit. They'll they'll ask you, you know, they'll ask for bank statements. They'll basically see you on paper and evaluate you on paper. And they'll from that, they'll say, Sandra, you're not ready. Excuse me, I suggest which was what happened in my case uh, a year before that uh, my lender was like, you're not ready to buy at the price point that you want. Let's just wait another year. So I did. And uh, do your homework, mm-hmm. you know, talk to the lenders, find out what your credit's looking for, find out, you know, what's going on in the market with the interest, especially now that the interest rates hiked up, find out Correct. what interest rates are, find out what you know, it might cost you to buy buy points down. And um, if you don't know a lender, you can contact 
if you have a listing, I mean, I'm sorry, if you have an eight, a real estate agent who's a friend, that person can give you a list of people you can call. You can call the banks. But I always say, find out if you can buy the house or when when are you going to be able to buy the house, which is what happened to me. I tried one year. They said, nope, I would wait one more year. I did. And I was able to close on it. And that's awesome. what I would do. I would do homework for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet it feels really great that you, you are now in this house. Your daughter has the stability and the security and it probably feels really pretty fabulous. Yeah. It feels fantastic. It's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what, what would you say? And, and we'll wrap up here in just a minute, but I have one final question for you. What would you say is your biggest challenge in terms of just being a, um, a single homeowner trying to manage it, you know, on your own? What is the biggest challenge you, you face? Okay. The biggest challenges would be, you know, when I need work done at the home, like if there's a leak, water leak, if there's, I don't know, the garage isn't working, the, you know, the, what is it? Handyman stuff. So what I, being a realtor, it helps me a lot in the sense that I know a lot of people that are handymen or, you know, carpenters, painters, what have you. But I have one friend that I keep around anything. I, anything, if anything ever happens in my house, he's someone that I trust. I know he's not going to hurt my daughter or I, he's not a threat. He's not going to overcharge me. He's, he's more a friend than anything. He's there to help me. So I always recommend for, you know, single women to, if, I mean, I don't know, there's a lot of women that are handy. Like I was telling you, they are, I'm not, you know, and YouTube makes everything so much easier for people nowadays. I don't have time to watch a YouTube video on how to change a door lock or whatever, you know? Yeah. So uh, always just keep a a list of people on, you know, some people have, their, their dads, their brothers, what have you, but just be prepared for those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. Be prepared. Um, but kudos to you for, you know, stepping out and starting on this new path with your daughter. I think that's pretty awesome. Thank and you. Uh, yeah, anything else you want to add? Uh, believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Women, we're uh, warriors and, you know, just that's the biggest thing. Believe in yourself and have courage. Thanks again, Sandra, for joining us. We appreciate your time and your willingness to share your story with us. If you've enjoyed the podcast and want to hear more, please hit subscribe. We're always looking for good stories. So if you have one that you would like to share about owning your own home, or if you have an issue you're dealing with and you're not certain how to resolve it, feel free to reach out. I'm your host, Amy Wicker. Until next time, thanks for joining us.